1: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yes!
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Brecky's favorite podcast. It's like we drew. I'm Jimmy Trash Can, Cream Cheese Conradino Conrad, alongside Hollywood Harry Pierce and Chuck Wagon Davies. And on today's episode, not only do all of us need to get our collective thinking caps on to commit to figuring out fl- how to get Florin Balogun into the U.S. Men's National Team player pool, which is going to be harder to do, everybody, after he scored a hat trick this past week for his French club. We first have to talk to a very, very important person, a VVIP, and our special guest and our friend of the show, Christian Don. Now, before we bring him on... I just want to state that he is in Morocco right now with the Seattle standards to take on Ali this weekend in the FIFA Club World Cup, the first MLS team to ever participate in this competition. And Heath, you made this happen. You got Christian here. What are you excited to talk to him about? Man, he's just, he's one of these, I wouldn't say, I I don't know if the word
2: journeyman is the right one because he's still got so much time in his career career left, but he's, he's done so much already. Right. And now he's getting another chance after, uh, after world cup to now do a club world cup, which I think is a really unique circumstance and just very curious to hear about the, the seriousness of it, right. The magnitude, how big it is, how much it means for the club and for him personally. Okay, cool. Chuck,
0: what do you want to talk to Mr. Roldan about?
3: I, I want to know how this world cup has helped his career and his perspective. Um, what he saw, in qatar and the dynamics of that team that experience how how do you think that'll add to what he has left in, <clears throat> in this game
2: aka and, jimmy and you know that. what he's you know what he's gonna ask about that team you know
0: <laughs> yes he <is>. so like <laughs> we already I, know I, chuck chuck's saying one thing it's a misdirect everybody he's playing a uh, shell game with us where's <laughs> the red ball where's the red ball he's gonna ask something completely different all right no well, without no. further freddy ado, it's time for the tale of the tape for a special guest Muscle, of course. It's the pride of El Rancho High School in Southern California, who then decided to make the state of Washington his adopted home after going to the University of Washington, playing for the Crossfire, the PDL, before playing for the Sounders for eight years, winning two MLS Cups and one CONCACAF Champions League, and parlaying the success into 41 Caps and a spot in the 2022 World Cup roster for the U.S. Men's National team. It's Christian! Out of breath, Christian. Great to see you, looking fresh as always.
4: Thank you, and I definitely need to bring that same energy. But it is nine o'clock. I'm trying to wind down. (laughs) Got an important game in a couple days. You do. Yes. I'll let I'll let you continue with that energy.
0: Okay, Christian. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for your time. We know it's late there in Morocco. We're very excited for you and the rest of the Sounders to be participating in this competition. Once you guys won the Champions League, and you knew that this was coming. I mean, what does it feel like to actually be there now amongst it, knowing that you have a big game on Saturday?
4: Yeah, well, it was interesting because we knew it was coming, but we had no idea where it was going to be played, who were we playing against. We literally just found out yesterday who we're playing against, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, right. The the magnitude of of this tournament is pretty is is just crazy. You know, you win one game and you're playing Real Madrid in a competitive match. So if you're not excited about that as a professional athlete, then you're in the wrong sport uh, because you know or wrong business because you want to be playing against the the best clubs in the world in a competitive game. Yeah, I mean, technically,
2: you could play against Real Madrid in basketball, so it is the wrong wrong uh, (laughs) industry. But I will say this before we before we, we we focus. I mean, at least my question's on the field. Uh, for people that maybe don't know, what is it like to travel this type of distance, the jet lag that you have to deal with while trying to be sharp, Well again, all of these variables that are existing, like not knowing who you're going to play, the, the the sleep deprivation that could come with it. I'm assuming you love your sleep. I mean, what is that like dealing with going into a big game like this?
4: Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the World Cup prior to, to, to the FIFA Club World Cup. The World Cup ended December, you know, 5th for us. And... I have essentially 10 days to kind of take off and then start my whole season all over again. And it's tough. We had a really long year last year and and it becomes uh, really difficult because you need to find your rest. But now you're flying across the world essentially. Um, We luckily were able to go to Spain, uh, adjust a little bit to the time, the same time zone as here in Morocco. but it, it takes a couple days out of you, uh, and, and your trainings aren't as sharp. And look, we've had four weeks together to prepare for this game, and you guys all you know, have played it at a really high level. Four weeks is not a lot of time. Um, but at the same time, we, we can't carry that as an excuse. We want to go in there and, and show what we're capable of uh, at the world stage.
3: So what's going to be the, the difference for this Seattle Sounders in 2023 compared to 2022? Because, yes, you, you were making history as a game changer for an MLS club to now participate in the Club World Cup. But I think it paid a toll on you as you finished 11th place. Now, I'm accustomed to seeing the, the Sounders always in the top two in the Western Conference Uh, it's been, I think about six years since you've finished outside the top two. So do you think it was, you put everything into qualifying for that club world cup, it took a toll for this team, but come 2023, it's a new, it's a new season, new energy. What, how different is this team going to be compared to last year?
4: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we did put a lot of effort into champions league. Obviously the travel is not easy. Um, you know, we we played some really intense games middle, middle of the week while other teams were, were resting. Uh, we had several injuries. Um, we probably got away with certain things as, as players in the locker room that, you know, normally we wouldn't get away with, right, because we won Champions League so early. It's so interesting when you win a trophy so early in the season, and this never – it hardly happens, right? You win a trophy this early in the season – And players can be like, you know, it was a successful season. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we've kind of already uh, spoke about that and how that's never going to happen again. Um, But it's interesting because we're all human beings and it's, you know, natural to be like, all right, we're at this high. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're happy because we're so happy because we we accomplished something that no one has ever accomplished. And now we can just relax. And that's not the attitude that that we need. And, you know, that's that's something that, that we've already talked about, which has been great for us.
0: Now, unless of,
2: unless you win the Club World Cup. And then well, yeah, maybe that, we'll, do it again.
0: we'll do it one more, again. Time, and more then we'll, time. And then next year. We'll be and you know what? We'd all forgive you for that. We'd be like, it's fine. They won the Club
4: <laughs> World Cup. Then we could be beat, talking yeah, about 2024. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> So, so talk to me about this, because when we look at the scheduling for the clubs that you could potentially face to win this trophy, Al-Ali is 15 games into their season in Egypt. They're coming off of playing Auckland City, so they already got a little bit of taste of this competition, almost like the MLS playoff uh, play-in games before. that. The, the team that did the best has to sit and wait and not really get into that playoff mentality. Now you guys need to jump into this against a team that's already kind of figured out who they are in their particular season, and then obviously – Assuming I'm sure you're not looking ahead, but if you do, you got Real Madrid, who's also in the middle of their season as well. So so how does that factor in? And and what do you think you have to do, let's say, in the first 5, 10, 15 minutes to really let Ali know that this is a game that's going to be super competitive and you expect to win it?
4: Yeah, this is a team that I think has placed third place in the last three FIFA Club World Cups. I mean, we're not looking past Al Ali. They have quality and, you know, that's something that that we have spoken about. Uh, to heart because uh this is a good team and they've got a lot of uh internationals that, that play at a really high level and so um it'll be important for us to transition well uh because they're a team that you know sends a lot of players forward um and and then we're also going to have to you know defend um in a low block at times um but look we understand where we're at fitness wise you know we're at Four weeks into preseason, they're undefeated during the year. We have to, be, you know, find ways to kind of slow the game down just as much, so that we can have that energy um, late in the game.
0: Well, let me ask
2: you this, you know, on, on a personal level, because on on the club level domestically, right? MLS Cup, Concacaf Champions League, you've won gold cups. We've got uh, a, a Copa America coming for you. Uh, you know, Club World Cup. Uh, really, from a decorated standpoint, you, you've got to be in the top. Few right that have done all these things or checked all these boxes, if not maybe one of the only. Um, what, what from a personal goal standpoint is there any other trophies or 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 things that you have on your mind for your career, whether they're huge and lofty beyond uh major league soccer or or, or otherwise? Are there other goals or trophies that you want to win?
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a competitor, man. I, I want to be <laughs> lifting trophies each and every year. Uh, obviously leagues cup is a big one Um, you know Mm -hmm. for MLS clubs uh, you know it'll be something new for for us so again being being the first to do it in this format would be amazing Um, I didn't actually never won Nations League you know I was part of the group stage matches but but didn't you know uh, get called up for for the semifinal final that would be amazing obviously being part of Copa America in itself would be a, a real treat but look as long as I do my part at the club level and I feel like I have exhausted all my energy and have gotten better each and every year and I can tell myself, look, I'm really happy with my career and how it went, you know, at this point, I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I want to continue to win trophies. Um, Look, I signed five years at Seattle because I believe in this team, I believe in this franchise, and I want to continue winning. I, I don't want to just kind of write out my career and and be like, you know, I, I, I'm leaving my legacy here because I've played in a lot of games. I want to be the one that's been decorated with uh, winning trophies.
3: Well, you talk about lofty goals and co- being competitive, ultra competitive. Talk about what this World Cup appearance going to Qatar Meant to you? How did it change your perspective? What did it feel like to see these games and and be a part of a, a special team that's kind of turned the tide from the previous cycle? That you you were a part of such a, a special process. What was that whole experience like for you?
4: Yeah, number one, I think um, we had such a great group there, um, such a, a, a united group, a group that you know had been through a lot together over the the four and a half years, um, under Greg. And, you know, we saw that brotherhood there. Um, when, when, you know, if there's 10 minutes left in the game and, you know, the benches is, is rooting on the, 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 the guys on the field. I mean, that's, that's the culture that, that, you know, you want to be part of. And, you know, I think that that plays a huge factor in, in guys getting the most out of guys. And, you know, I, I, wasn't fortunate enough to, you know, get on the field, but I saw how united the group was. And I think that's uh, what makes it so beautiful, right? Uh, doing something special or competing for something um, as as a unit. Uh, and I think that's what we need here at the FIFA Club World Cup, right? We're not the fittest. We're not the sharpest because we haven't played meaningful games. Uh, and if we can play as a collective unit, you know, we can, we can get past these teams. All you need to do is be the better team on that giving day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the attitude that that we need to have. And that's what we need. Well, what I took from you know the 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 World Cup to and used this to, uh, for the for the FIFA Club World Cup.
0: Now, just to take it back to to the World Cup, using my own experience, I remember just being in a bubble, and anything that was happening outside of the bubble. We just didn't know. We didn't know what the media was talking about. We didn't know any drama or controversy that was going on or how 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 big it was potentially getting or amplifying uh, back home when we were in Germany during this time. And and Bruce Arena had made some comments about uh, Lana Donovan and Demarcus Beasley that he shouldn't have done, but he came back a couple hours later and snuffed it out and apologized and all that. But that story had already gotten legs and, and had created its own life somewhere else. And I bring this up because... The G stuff I got, I got to say, cause I just like, if it's happening within the team, if I were you, I'd just be getting the popcorn, putting my feet up like this, going, all right, let's like, this is crazy, but let's just keep going some more. You know, what was that like, or were you just in a bubble and didn't really hear all the noise like me back in the day?
4: Well, from internally, we, we had solved it together. And so we already had moved on and we were all good. And, you know, we, we had dealt with it internally. Um, and so to see it come up later, of course, where as players, you're like, well, we already dealt with this. This is this is not an issue We're this is becoming more of an issue than than what it actually was, um, because, you know, as as players, you know, Gio was bought in, um, you know, after after he had apologized and and came out and, you know, had the, the group kind of. Uh, uh, you know, talk it through, and and you know, as that's why I talk about our group. It was so special, and, and it was so united, and um, you know, all that outside noise of obviously is is outside noise, but but as players, we had dealt with it internally, and it was it was an amazing effort to to get everybody back, bought in, you know.
2: And you 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 talked about the team being united and how you could feel that, and we've heard things about you know whether it's Gio or other players, sort of going into the World Cup being told they made the World Cup, but also being told their role. Did you have a conversation with Greg about what your role would look like? Or was it more like, hey, you're going to probably play more of a supported role, you know, be ready to, to, to be used? Or was there a specific conversation about what your role would be uh, for the team, for the group, um, in, the, in, that, in that World Cup?
4: No, I never had a conversation with Greg about my role, but, you know, I kind of understood where I was at going into it. You know, I, I understood that I, I probably was going to have a bit of a reserved role, but you know, that didn't stop me from being super competitive in training and, and trying to show that I'm I'm more incapable of of you know helping the team, both, you know, on and off the field. Um, I think that's just my mentality, right? I, I think uh and and that's why I think I was selected because ultimately I I felt like, you know, whether I was on the field or not, I would be making an impact, whether it was in, in, in practice or you know, within the locker room or you know in the film room, you know it's important to have those types of types of guys. Even though um, you know they might not see the field.
3: Is there any particular teammate uh, within that U.S. setup that you've been impressed by that has grown substantially uh, since the the time that you've started playing with them? That you said, "Wow, he's he's really developing over the past couple of years or or over the past six months." We've seen you know him. Start to do things that he hasn't been able to do, and now he's 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 turned into maybe a special player in your in your mind.
4: Yeah, I think a couple of players have have come to mind. Obviously, Matt Turner um, with how he's improved, mm-hmm. um, you know, with his feet, and then obviously, you know, understanding when to play short, when to you know uh, play long, um, just managing managing the game. Yunus Musa, oh, tremendous player. I can't say enough of you know, or just. I can't say a bad thing about him, and, and personally, and then also as a player, I think he's tremendous and will only grow. Um, and then I think Anthony Robinson; I think he's grown so much over the last, you know, four and a half years. You know, he wasn't really in the picture, and and you know, he was a staple in in our team, shutting down right wingers uh, and he, and being able to to be in a supportive role uh, offensively. And and you know, I think that's what you want to see as as an American. Uh, fan right you want to see these guys continue to get better because we have another world cup in three and a half years and guess what it's in the united states
0: yeah which is interesting it's a nice segue because copa copa america just got announced that 2024 is going to be hosted in the u.s as well how important do you think that is for the team to be able to get some meaningful games in the world cup host cities around the country and just kind of getting used to that rhythm and 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 playing a proper tournament very similar to a world cup How, how impactful do you think that is for the group
4: yeah, it's important to, uh, play in meaningful games, right? Me- and I talked about playing, you know, Real Madrid at the FIFA Club World Cup in a competitive match. Now we get the chance to, you know, play, potentially play against Argentina, Colombia, Brazil in a meaningful match. And, you know, that'll help these young guys grow as, as players. And, you know, they'll, they'll have to deal with the pressure of playing at home, which is amazing. Um, and you know it'll only make our program better. And you know I I I applaud whoever like made Cope America happen in the United States. Or, <laughs> that was or me, and us Jimmy. And Charlie was us. A bit.
0: Yeah, we, we, Charlie. Yeah. more behind you the guys scenes for making it happen. Yeah,
4: yeah, sure. No worries. Because no worries. It's gonna make our program better, and I think that's the most important thing going it. We're this.
0: here for you guys. We're here for you. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, <So, laughs> you know, speaking speaking
2: of that, just on scheduling and stuff. Uh, You know, the most I ever had to deal with was um, maybe one or two competitions in the league. And then you have your national team call-ups. You're now talking about, you know, Copa America, Nations League, uh, Gold Cup. uh, You've got Club World Cup. You've got Leagues Cup. Cup, You've got the League. Uh, I mean, you've got the Open Cup. I mean, at what point do you go like, this is just like, this is too much on my body. When, uh, when can we rest? That, yeah. When are we yeah, because to you, rest? you're you're not. Unfortunately,
4: you're not the kind of guy where they go. Oh
2: yeah, we'll just uh, give him the rest. You're the guy that they go. We know he can do all these matches.
4: Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, look at the end of the day, we're we're not robots, right? Uh, we break down uh, eventually, and you know, I I broke down a little bit last year. Uh, I had I had surgery right before the the, the World Cup, and. You know, it wasn't it wasn't easy. You know, I I had to go on for essentially like eight years straight and it's not easy. Um, And to now add, you know, more games, it's going to be tough. And I think that's when we're going to have to see roster numbers, rosters, numbers, you know, 15 through 23 get much better. And we're going to have to be spending much more money on these these players because rotations are going to need to happen. And injuries are going to happen, and with the amount of games that we have, we can't see that quality drop mm-hmm. when uh, we're talking about all these competitions. Because when Liga M- or when League's Cup comes, you know, in I think it's August or July, and the season stops, you know, are we going to be able to play, you know, our best eleven each and every game? Probably not. Injuries are going to happen, so. I think that's what I would like to see, you know, happen, whether they, you know, roster spots 15 through 23 just improve or we end up spending more money because these games are, you know, come fast. And we're playing a lot of different tournaments.
2: I can't, Charlie, before you before you jump in, I, I can't wait until we replay this clip for for the Sounders 15 through 23 players come <laughs> summertime. And we're like, hey. You should. He said it. You better step up and carry <laughs> your weight <laughs> <in> this summer
0: <laughs> because he's tired. Step your ass up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you you all gonna get some playing time, so you better start balling because this ain't this ain't gonna cut
0: it. Christian uh, wants another trophy, man. You got to pick up yeah. the game. Yeah.
3: Speaking of of, of of depth, the the Sounders are are, are known for bring, grooming these young players. Now you have a lot of players coming through the system, but who who should we expect to shine? in 2023 who are the young players that are coming through maybe that haven't had an opportunity uh versus the ones that that have their young that have uh, obviously a, a ton of potential
0: Jordan Morris doesn't count can't say Jordan
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah we we saw a little bit of Obed Vargas last year and I think he's, mm-hmm. he's a quality player um Josh Atencio and Danny Leva both in the midfield as well um I think that's why I kind of got pushed out wide I got to be honest with you you know we got these young guys kind of creeping in and obviously, with Jao Paulo getting hurt with his ACL, um, you know w- we saw a little bit of Josh Atencio, Danny Leva, Obed Vargas last year. Um, and you know, there's like I mentioned earlier, there's going to be games where you know we play Sunday, Wednesday, or Saturday, Wednesday, and Jao Paulo is going to need a rest. And mm-hmm. we're going to see these young guys continue to emerge. And um, when we talk about the rosters, you know, 15 through 23. These are the guys that are going to help us win trophies. These are the guys that are are going to, you know, help us older guys like myself rest a little bit more. 27
3: Um, talking about old guys. Stop
4: (laughs) it. Stop that. that. Oh man. Um, But, but these guys are the the ones that I think are going to bring that spark, that energy that we need. And, and, you know, for for every team you know you need those type of young guys that also train really well and make the the level of training really high
3: is Jaapalo okay so good cr- to go by the way
0: is, yeah he, is, yeah give us some insight is he yeah able to he's play? uh he's
4: he's expected to play i don't know in in if he's gonna start or or you know come off the bench but he's gonna have a, a role um and you know that's that's what we love to see he's such an well, important player i think yeah yeah, yeah. he's, he's you know, part of the reason why we won champions league and why we've been so successful in the last two years.
0: Yeah. He's got that uh, quality of being somewhat of the glue of the team. So hopefully he'll be back and have an impact like always. All right. So last question before we let you go and get prepared for your big game against all that's happening Saturday and it's 9. AM Pacific 12 PM Eastern kickoff time. You can find it on FS2 or Fox Deportes. And we're talking with Christian Roldan stud midfielder for the Sounders Christian, as per tradition here on the podcast, we want to know your favorite jersey swap or or the one that you tried to get and you got shut down. We, we'd like yes. both stories, to be honest, but yes. Heath got turned down a lot and Charlie not too much, but, but, <laughs> but Heath got turned down a lot. So, so your best jersey swap, who's your favorite? And then yeah. maybe one you got turned down on that you really wanted.
4: To be honest, I don't ask a lot for a lot of jerseys. I'm like Tyler Adams. Um, you know, he, he's got a little bit more of the, of that attitude and, and, you know, that, that grit, but I'm kind of, you know, to myself a lot more, but I did ask for chicharitos. My brother is his athletic trainer, so that made it really easy and he's such a, (laughs) such a nice guy. So. Um, you know, maybe I only ask guys that I, I know that I'm not going to get denied by. Um, <laughs> that's fair, that's a good strategy. Okay, so I have a yeah, lot yeah. of friends, you know, Jossie Zardes and and you know, Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman. So just a lot of my my good friends uh, that I'm, I'm pretty close to. So
3: if you hey, the uh, first win, you win, you play Real Madrid, you, you're not looking at, yeah, hey, you know little Benzo here. Yeah, yeah
0: little, let's okay. say, let's, let's look ahead. Like, it's okay, hey. you play Madrid. Who, who are you going after? Who do you like on Madrid? Would look, a I, I
4: gotta, Bruce, I gotta. Chris, Modric, Camerica? I gotta butter them up in the, in, in the tunnel, you know? <laughs> Just be like, hey, give a little wink, you know? Make sure, see, see who kind of has the vibe. You know, the. The
3: pats that. on I the back. back. Yeah. Okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta
2: say it, say a little Spanish, you know? Like, throw gotcha. a little Spanish yeah. in there, make it feel real local. But I'm telling you, you should start with the first game. Get that big L out of the way. Go for their biggest player. Let them turn you down. Because <laughs> then, after that point, I'm telling you, it's like love, man. The first cut is the deepest. After that, you go ask for any jersey, no matter if you get it or not, you don't care or at else. that so, point, huh? Unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. Christian Roldan, everybody. Woo! We appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us live from Morocco. We wish you the very best of luck and the Sounders, the first MLS team to ever participate in the FIFA Club World Cup. You are a man, the myth, and a proper legend. And get after him. Let's go. Christian Roldan. Respect. Thanks, guys. Keep winking. Keep winking. Keep winking. <laughs> go get him, Christian. Go get him. Thanks. All right. Uh, that that was Christian Roldan. And that means it's time for our first and only break of soccer, We trust when we come back. We got some Balligan stuff to talk about. We got uh, Unis misses playing against Real Madrid right now. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, so don't go anywhere.
4: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have
2: open roles, Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: Welcome back to In Soccer. We trust some Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And guys, we just had Christian Roldan on and we peppered him with questions all over the place. What was your favorite answer, Charlie? What what really stood out for you? He's so well put together. It's hard to Poke holes or anything in, in anything that he said. Uh, I just enjoyed hanging out with him.
3: Yeah, same. I think he's just a he's just a great person. You can you can tell just the way he ha- carries himself and you know how he how he addressed the U.S. men's national team. You know, inner turmoil that they were able to solve. I tried. Him.
0: I tried to get a little dirt. I tried to get a little dirt. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I knew uh, he wouldn't bite. I knew well, he wouldn't no. bite.
2: There's a little there's a little dirt under your fingernails, Jimmy. Don't worry. <laughs> I,
0: don't I was
2: digging.
3: I was, digging. I was digging. I was digging. With my no, I, I like the way the, the wink. He's winking at players in the tunnel. I like that on too. Good side.
2: Nice. Uh, How about you, Heath? I mean, it would be a funny story just to capture Christian Roldan winking in the tunnel to the <laughs> other team for like years straight to get the final story as to why. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get that best jersey from the other team." Nah, but like again, when you really put it into in, in context in the paper on, on paper, he like a lot of us that played in, in Major League Soccer at different times get criticism because that's where we uh ply our trade right uh when it when it comes to the depth of the national team but when you look at all the things he's won and all he's done and all the competitions he's getting to play and it's pretty remarkable so just hearing you know um just hearing his story and hearing hearing his p- perspective on things was just great
0: no it's it's exciting i'm so excited for the club again that game is kicking off at 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern on saturday as Al-Ali and Seattle Sanders face off for a chance to play against Real Madrid in the semifinals of the FIFA Club World Cup. I do think they're up against it. I think Al-Ali will naturally be sharper because they're in the middle of their season. They've got 15 games under their belt. They've already played against Auckland City in this competition, and I do think that that gives them the slight it, advantage in terms it absolutely of match
3: smacked them up.
0: <laughs> it did smack them up. Yeah, Auckland wasn't in much of the game. Auckland hung around for about 40 minutes. Goalkeeper made a mistake, and then it was just one-way traffic after that. But uh, it should be a good game, regardless. As Christian stated, All Ali have gotten third in this competition a couple times, and that gives them confidence to know how to navigate, how to get through some tough games. All right, let's uh, focus on some individual players, and I feel like it should be the quest of this podcast moving forward to get Fuller and Balligan on the U.S. men's national team. Now, he can play for England. He has played for the youth national teams, but he is playing so well right now for Reim. Reim, I don't know how to say it, but a French club that's R-E-I-M-S. Go ahead, Charlie. How do I say it? Ream. Reim. Oh, it's just Reim. It's like yeah, Tim, Tim, Reim. It's, it's Tim Reim's dream French club. I hope he ends up there. That would be kind of funny. Anyway, he had a hat trick yesterday, and it's becoming so undeniable. He scored against PSG the game before that in a 1-1 draw. I assume England would bring him back in, but England is so Harry Kane-focused, and they got Marcus Rashford. They got other players. Like, Maybe he'll just fall through the cracks, and why wouldn't he? At some point, we've talked about this before. But why wouldn't he come to the U.S. if he knew he would probably play a whole bunch more? He Pierce, answer me that.
2: I'm just trying to think of an English striker that's done well outside of England, that's been in the England national team for uh, at a significant point, like a World Cup. I mean, I'm sure it exists, but I'm just thinking about, you know, Michael, Michael Marlin
3: with Real Madrid, right? I mean, I mean, going back that far,
0: yeah. I mean, you had Jadon Sancho at Dortmund. He wasn't. He was. I mean, Manchester United paid a lot for him. Not to say he was worth that amount. That's oh, yeah, true, Bellingham.
2: Um, but, but yeah, from a striker standpoint. But, but, anyways, I don't know why I brought that brainstorm. Well, well, how do we get him? How do we get him? How do we get him over here? What do we have to do? I, I, I still don't think. I still don't think. I mean, he might. He might fit into the England fold, but like, I would still think he's pretty far on the depth. Those depth charts. That's not like a. England national team doesn't seem to have as much of an open door policy as the U S does in terms of letting new players in that could challenge, right? We'll take, we'll take anybody in form right now to come and and prove themselves. Whereas England had, they have a setup, they're knocking on the door. They're close. Of course, the next generation is going to push them out, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's what he's holding out for is that his form, forms undeniable right now. You got to bring him into the fold, but I still think he's pretty far down the depth charts.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I so Charlie, Charlie, do you know him? Do we, do we, do, how do we get to him? We got to get him on the show. We got to do some type of proposition to convince we already, him. We already, we already brought Cope America to the U S right. ne- now we move on? On? <laughs> we move on. Next goal. <laughs> yeah, now exactly. we're on the, the show
2: U S national team.
0: Right.
3: Exactly. Right. I, I'm going to work the back channels and see what, see what, see what can who, be done. Do we know who he's close to on the team? Did, did, we, we know Yunus Musa is, is, is boys with him. Okay.
0: Yeah. Then Yunus Musa needs to get to, after he plays Real Madrid today, he's got to get some goddamn. I know that's what that's one challenge. We got another challenge to bestow upon him. We got to get Eunice on the show, by the way, and uh, see if he can help us plot what we need to do. I, I don't know it's what's like, going to change. My mind. But, we, don't have, we don't have anybody right now at U.S. Soccer that can text him. Yeah, it's all you, you got. Like uh, we have no coach. We got, I guess, Anthony Hudson and the staff can be like, "Hey, man, good job." Uh, I'm also the interim coach. I don't know. You know, <laughs> then you have no McBride. You got no Ernie Stewart. Like, there's nobody there that can be like. Yo, you're kicking ass, red, white, and blue. Come on over. No? I don't know. It's interesting. All right. While we're plotting that, and while people are giving us their ideas in the comments, and if you want to hit us up on Twitter, Pod, what should we do to convince Balogun? What can we do? If you think we have any kind of sway whatsoever, what do you think us three can do to make that happen? Let's talk about Matthew Hoppy making the move to Hibbs in yeah. the Scottish Premiership. They're currently in six. I'll come to you, resident number nine, Charlie Davies. Do you like this move? For him, because I kind of gives no. me like a Neh.
3: no, no, I don't.
0: He's not playing in Middlesbrough, so
3: yeah. I, what do I, you do? I think it would have been a better move for him to come to MLS, to be honest. Okay. Uh, or or to go to the to, to the Dutch league, the Eredivisie. Uh, I'm just thinking of of or maybe Belgium. It would have been better to go to a smaller league in Europe, to a top division team. And and compete there rather than go to Scotland, in my opinion, just because of the way that these teams play outside of Rangers and Celtic, it's it's very difficult to to keep stand the out. ball to, to stand out. All of the above, it's uh, it's it's one of those moves that I think you're just so desperate to get out. You're just hoping that you find a club, and whatever club eventually works out for you, you're you're just gonna go. There's no thought process. I've been there before. You just want to. You just want to get out of the situation you're in. You're desperate, mm-hmm. and obviously, Hibbs gave him the opportunity, and he just took it. There, there was no second thought, and I, and I think that's just how it came down. Is I I got to make this move, and. And when I get there, I just got to make it work on top of that. Are, are we, you know,
0: so. Heath, does he, Matthew Hoppy going the way of Conrad De La Fuente where he just kind of disappears off <laughs> off of any I mean, meaningful radar for the men? If, if, if you
2: think about De La Fuente, he goes to Marseille, you're like, okay, good step for him to start his career. But Marseille was too big of a club to be consistent. And then he goes to Olympiacos. And then where did he go recently from he Olympiacos? Just,
0: uh, he's, apparently his move to a whole city fell through. Oh yeah, whole city, whole city
2: or 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 Olympiacos. still like probably not the right environment for a young player. Then again, you know he is a La Masia player, and you go, okay, well then, and if, if I remember seeing glimpses of De La Fuente when you, when he played, where you're like, man, this guy does have some some magic. But for Hoppy, same thing, there was some magic in that, a lot of it form based. But he's big size, super athletic. Uh, he's just got to find his feet and give me. He's 21. He's just got to go. 24 months of of playing really really well the to, to, to charlie's point though it's really hard in a place like that for you to control probably the things that make him good but if you looked at it as a player coming out of a junior year of college and going and trying their applying their trade at at Hibs because that's the club that are, that's giving them a chance i like i like the looks of saying well if you are good enough eventually you're going to break through and maybe get to a dutch club at that point or maybe a a a, a more um big club. But again, Charlie said it well, it's probably his only option. And when you're in that situation, all you're thinking about is I need out because it's affecting my career. I'll take anything or I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's probably not, wouldn't be top top of his list if he had three or four options, but it may have been one of only two options. Um, and he took it and and maybe, maybe it was the coach or maybe it was something or actually their video of, of announcing it was pretty funny too. Uh, so I'll give him that.
0: No, it was good. Uh, Hibs did a nice job with the announcement. If you haven't seen it, it's a play on the movie Superbad. And uh using Mick Matthew Hoppy. Yeah, McLovin <laughs> in particular. So, yeah, it's a great scene and they, they're really clever. And uh, go find it on the Internet. It won't be too hard to dig up. Just type in Hibbs and Matthew Hoppy announcement. And you'll find what we're talking about to give you some context. All right. So I feel like we've lost a couple players to the Scottish Premiership before. Didn't we who somebody just played and came back to MLS? Well, I can't think of his name at the moment. It's Christian Ramirez? Yep. Okay. And then did, there was a guy that was, I can't why can't I think the name? He went him? to that Columbus came, Crew. He went to Columbus Crew. How about the kid Ramirez from Ramirez was,
2: was was one of the higher scores at one point in the league too. He was doing really well on a relegating relegation
0: fighting team. Um, and then they changed managers and I think he just didn't get a shot with They've the got managers. Harks Harks is there. Um Who is the, the then, kid from uh, from Orlando City? Yeah, he came Mueller. yeah, Mueller, yeah, Mueller, Chris Mueller, quick. yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what ends up happening with Matthew Hoppe, but it would have been interesting to see him at MLS and and which <clears> club. <throat> He would have uh, gone to and and how he would have performed because uh at 21 i'm okay with it if he was 23 something like that i'd be a little bit more concerned
2: but he's 21 i think you get in there and prove yourself just that at any club at that tier and you could put hibs into a tier of you know 50 clubs across europe where, yeah yeah sure, you know, sure professional environment tough competition every week you're not the biggest you're not the smallest uh and and hopefully that's a good environment for him to to develop or prove himself
0: all right, another interesting story in the transfer market was the LA Galaxy right back and Mexican international, dual national, could have played for us as well, Julian Narajo, whose deal to go to Barcelona fell through because they didn't get the transfer in in time by oh. 18 seconds, 18 seconds. And the Barcelona people are basically saying MLS didn't get it done, weren't diligent in their timing to get that across the line. Apparently is there a petition appeal- on that? Are there, Yeah, they're going like, to they're, they're appeal to FIFA to see if they can still make it happen. But uh, I would be heartbroken uh, if I, I would go with, really go with
2: Arizona's uh, no daylight savings time that it was like an hour. <laughs> <Can> <laughs> yeah, you, exactly
3: right. You, but can you imagine if you put yourselves in an his, in issue shoe, issues, you're you're you get your dream move to Barca. You're telling all your family, your friends, you sign the contract. You're like, I'm going. And then just to hear actually it, the, the league was 20 seconds too late.
0: Um, <laughs> You're I, I, like, I, I, that's what? like fighting words. I'd be like, who do I need to fight? To, <laughs> <Yeah>. to... <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It must I, have been Euro, using bureau facts like they did that one time with David De Gea. Yeah. Like, uh, something didn't get done in time. And that's, it's unfortunate. I still think he'll end up making the move, whether it's now or in the summer. They clearly yeah. are high on him and what he's capable of. Though I did see that Barcelona was going to start him with the second team anyway. It wasn't like he was going to jump in with the first team right still. away. But again, it th- doesn't <laughs> yeah. take away from the fact that that's a dream move. And, and, having that opportunity
2: what's the i mean that's the thing is urgency yeah what's the well i guess what's the purpose i don't know know? like i don't know I, i mean and it might be a fair play thing it might be a roster size thing it might be a lot of these things till they work him in so maybe it is better even just to wait till 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 summer anyway but um just seems bizarre anytime somebody goes in at his age and his talent to 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 go into a second team um And and presume that's a better environment unless he's training every day with the first team and maybe getting weakened games, which is normal.
0: Okay, so let's talk about another one of our competitors here in North America. That was a Mexican international. Let's talk about Canada's head coach of the men's national team up there, John Herdman, who had been rumored to be leaving Canada, which I thought to be a bit of a surprise given that. We're hosting the 2026 World Cup. Why wouldn't you want to stick around for that and go into New Zealand? Now, he had a previous stint in New Zealand. One of his kids was born there when he was coaching their women's national team from 2006 to 2011 and also their youth women's national teams. Then made the transition over to Canada's women's national team and then to the men in 2018 and obviously led them to their first World Cup in 36 years. And, uh, you know, probably be most famous for talking trash about Croatia before the game, then Croatia come out and stomping them <laughs> in, in their match 4-1 after the Croatian coach took a great offense to these words, even though I, we all understood what Herdman was doing. But uh, Croatia decided to use that as bulletin board material. He clearly can inspire teams and players to play together. He might have been a little bit too, I think, reckless at that World Cup level once it got started to play the same way. I think they could have secured a win or, or gotten a result especially in that first game against Belgium, if they just maybe had been a little bit more conservative in different parts of the game. But a great experience for that national team. Obviously, it's just going to strengthen them and give them confidence ahead of the 2026 World Cup and the Copa America, which I pretty much uh, guarantee they're going to be in that as well. Any thoughts on Herdman? I will say that he's not leaving, though. He came out and said that he's going to stay with Canada, but there was uh, a chance of him leaving to go to New Zealand. Heath Pierce.
2: Yeah, I don't really get the whole the whole thing. I mean, he's had a, a, a an unbelievable trajectory and seems like a good player motivator as you said like obviously it's that's the difference between making a comment and not making a comment to motivate another team, but there were there were things that that I think we've brushed over in terms of Canada at the World Cup that were knocking on the door of results but didn't get any of them. Um which is a little problematic, right? The difference is is that Canada was happy to be there they obviously finished top of qualifying um there is a win in being at the world cup but i think that they were a lot closer to what could potentially be a knockout round than what we see on paper and how we'll remember it because of you know 20 minute windows in games that they should have been a lot smarter in the way that they played and that again in-game management is is partially on the players but it's very much on the coach so i wonder kind of where the next step of his career is or why why new zealand was 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 on the on the uh on the um
0: Maybe because he just day. lived there. Yeah, maybe just because he had been there before and maybe knew. You know, it's Uh-oh. nice when you already have previous yeah. existing relationships. Well, and but Chuck, well,
2: by, by the way, Charlie, the other thing is, is that with New Zealand, I, I don't know what the qualifying implications are for twenty twenty six. Right? They get the Oceania.
0: Oceania gets one automatic bid.
2: Okay, so he's going to a World Cup with New Zealand. Uh, right, right, <laughs> like,
0: exactly, exactly. exactly. Hey, I don't those... <laughs>
2: think, this. no disrespect, but they're not losing the Vanuatu or, or you know. Put some
0: respect on Papua New Guinea's name. Yeah, Papua dude, New like... Guinea. or no. I mean, oh, come on. look,
2: these are all developing nations. I think they're fantastic. I think they're great. But, like, at the same time, it's a pretty safe bet that they're going to a World Cup. Um, even on a half bid, they were still one foot in the door and have to be able to finish that off, which they didn't. But, like, yeah,
3: I no. get it now. I, I'm going to say one, uh, I'm dying at the, the comments in the YouTube section. Brian Lucas saying, I'm I'm a volcano, dormant volcano, and I'm about to blow up. Um,
0: <laughs> as you guys That's are talking, true. because
3: this was never a possibility. This was never a
0: reality of of him leaving. Uh,
3: you think it was can, a contract
0: can, negotiation I, tactic? I,
3: I think it, it's let me see what's out there in terms of what I'm getting for offers. So I can go to Canada and say, New Zealand was going to pay me this. New Zealand's not anywhere near the the team that we have, so step up what you're you're offering me. But in terms of his personal development as a coach, he took Canada to the top of the table in Concacaf mm-hmm. World Cup qualifying. That's mm-hmm. a huge, huge check mark on his resume, and gets them to the World Cup. And sure, you know they had moments, especially in that Belgium game where they they were very close to to taken that lead. And they could have easily taken three points out of the match, but they didn't because of experience. And then his personal, I think experience was, was excelled when you call out a team and it goes the opposite way, trying to motivate your team. And it worked, worked against you. So you can only grow from here. So you're hoping that man, he's taken our country so far forward. Now he has to start to, I think, manage the, the, the smaller things that he can for this club, for, for for this country, to get them on a on a, I mean, to, to actually get results in a World Cup. So you stick with them. I think Copa America is another big test for him to see how far he he pushes his group forward because all, all of them are, are getting their first world, taste of, of World Cup at that level. They actually did pretty well considering the results didn't go their way because everyone was like, oh, I, I see the potential. Now it's okay. Now we got to take it a whole nother notch forward. You got some new players coming into the fold, and Copa America is another opportunity for him to take take a step forward. But for him, other countries are still watching him. He knows there's no better move for him than uh, other than staying with Canada. That's the right move. That's the only move for him. He, he's not going to continue to move up and get a better job if he doesn't win something with Canada. I think that's that's what he's waiting for. <clears throat>
2: I, I will say though, Jimmy, results aside from Canada, they are still, and, and we have a few comments in there. Canada are, are are generations behind the US. And I know that when you say it out loud, you go, Of course, of course they are. I, I get it. But a lot of times we lump it all together because of major league soccer and everything, and you see how good the the player pool is, but like the actual federation in terms of like they didn't have anything ready when they qualified for the World Cup in terms of like an announcement or a video. They didn't have their jersey submitted in time to be able to have a customized World Cup jersey to be able to sell. They didn't like the the, the, the collective bargaining agreement isn't in a place where those players are, are on par with, with the performances that they're putting together, right? And then you have a historically good women's national team in Canada as well that there could be a lot of those factors for him, even, even, even for him saying like, you know, this stuff needs to get better, this stuff needs to improve. Um, and these are some beyond my salary, beyond my compensation. These are a bunch of other areas uh, from player development to to processes that that need to improve if you want me to stick around.
0: No, and I will say in hindsight, we could argue that Canada did have the group of death. I mean, they had Belgium who weren't the normal Belgium, shouldn't play to their potential. But Croatia and Morocco both made the World Cup semifinals. And yeah. that needs to be oh, that's thrown yeah, into I'd the equation right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was an excellent, excellent group. And if Belgium actually had played to their level, uh,
2: that just would have made it that. Oh, if they win it. three and out, though, I'd be I'd be okay. But the fact that they were, you know, okay, early goal against against Morocco, but they were in that match very much so. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, in in their first game against Belgium, they were very much in that match as well. Uh, it just and they had the lead against like, Croatia, as you yeah, said. Yeah, and they had that yeah. that first goal against Croatia, and so it's it's it wasn't. I wouldn't be disappointed if they just went three and out. and would be like, group of death, Canada, whatever, first World Cup. There's a lot of things to take right, into consideration, right. but they just felt like they were almost like we have a right to be more critical because they were so close. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Closer than that's I would good. have
0: ever expected. All right. Well, to tie up this podcast for today and send you guys off on a, on a beautiful uh, rest of your day Friday and this weekend, I wanted to bring up this thing that me and my former national team teammate, not named Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce, DeMarcus Beasley, have entered a tournament, and, and it's a seven v seven tournament called the soccer tournament, and it's a winner take all. Thirty two teams, million dollars to the winner. You get second, you get nothing. And so I wanted to ask Charlie and Heath here and put them on the spot. I didn't talk to them about. Jimmy, the are you ride. out here yeah.
2: plugging like your used, uh, your your used wireless cell phone business for like you know? Are you plugging plugging thing? Are you doing free? I, the only thing,
0: thing I'm plugging is I'm looking for <laughs> players to join the team, and I want to know how how goddamn fit you both are, so I can oh, see man. if you want to play. I'm There's a million Charlie, dollars at stake.
2: Million dollars at stake, man. Uh, I mean, Jimmy. So, so just for people to know, if they don't know, one million dollars at stake. Seven on seven. Yes, you can pick anybody. June
0: first, you can pick anybody. June first through the fourth in Cary, North Carolina, and you can pick anybody.
2: Are you are you playing or are you? I I don't.
0: Bees. Bees is adamant that he's not playing. I might put myself on the roster just as like if somebody gets hurt, I can run out there. I'm no spring chicken, as you guys know. I was I'm about 87 years old, but I look fantastic for 87 because I've played in multiple World Cups for the U.S. including the <laughs> 1951. <laughs> but Jimmy but and Bora Chuck, Chuck, so Chuck, look so at happened. Chuck. Chuck looks like he's thinking about it. Yeah,
3: look, I look, know it. I, yeah, I know I'd be fit enough to play. That's that's one.
0: So Chuck, we're talking me and bees. You know, we're getting people out there like who's recently retired. I got somebody saying you should re- reach out to Chris Wondolowski. What's what's the breakdown? Jimmy? What, what, do I,
2: what do I get out of this? You know we're splitting it evenly. Wait, wait. Okay. I, well, I you get that...
0: you, you get to split out over hundred. Me and Bees will take the rest of the nine hundred.
2: <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> should, be, should we split it evenly. Should we, let's do a collective bargaining agreement for all of us ex national <laughs> yeah. team players on a on a on a point on a point bonus uh per okay. game and stuff like that. No, but, but honestly that that's um it's. I'm really interested to see this because you know, obviously, th- this tournament comes from the basketball tournament. We have this huge range of players, right? From your yeah. quality night, and I've had people reach out to me when it first got announced about some guy who's like, I've been doing the basketball tournament for eight years, and I want to do the same in soccer. The furthest I've gotten is is the is the uh, elite eight is is what he told me, and I was like, it's crazy to me. Like, every year you compete, and the furthest you've gotten is Elite Eight, and now you are all in on soccer. And then I realized, like, it is a it's, a, it is a cultural thing in basketball, right? Whereas, like, soccer is, like, winner take all. That's it. That's the, like, anything else is, like, doesn't matter. Uh, and he was, like, super <laughs> excited about that result. And so
0: it sounds awesome. It's going to be awesome. Now, now, there's a comment here from... Our very own producer Alex, who says, "Forget it, Jimmy. One million dollars isn't getting Charlie out of bed, which is probably true. Which is probably the amount of rent that he gets per month yeah. from all of his houses." But, but, Jack, uh, I know you're thinking about it. That's one, and I'm giving you plenty of time mm-hmm. to get into shape. That's that's yes. another. So, yeah. so another thing too, is the, let me tell you the rules. Okay, seventy-seven. So a goalkeeper and then six field players. Twenty-minute halves. Now, after the forty minutes is done, this is their their unique twist on the rules. I, I should also add that the goals are bigger, so that means Charlie mm-hmm. will actually score a few. Uh, they're making them a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but after the forty minutes, if, let's say the game is three to one. After the forty, it's done. Whistle blows. Then it goes into an extra untimed period. There's no end to it. Instead, it goes into a target score. So you, it has to be one more goal than with the highest number at that point. So if a three one score is the finish after thirty or forty minutes. You have to Whoever gets the four first wins the game. Now, obviously, if you have three, you just have to have one to, to finish it off. But it gives that other team a chance to tighten things wow. up and try to get three on the bounce. Yeah, but here, 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 here's another twist. If it's still, you haven't hit the target score, and that's untimed period at the end. After 10 minutes, you take one player off. After five more minutes, you take another player off. So it goes 5v5, then 4v4, then 3v3, then 2v2, then 1v1. It won't get there because everybody's so dead tired. But, yeah, goalkeeper wars. But I want to throw that out there, Chuck. That means you get to really kick your ass on the Peloton. Whatever your brother's saying in the chat, like you're just you just kind of dog it on the Peloton. Yeah. So, hey, if,
3: if if people want to start working out with me on the Peloton, like let's go. I, I need some motivation, so let's go. It's been a while. I,
0: I Chuck, you're thinking about on. it though.
3: Yeah. He not uh, so much, but Chuck, you Chuck? know, I the only thing that is hesitating me uh, is really, I think, holding me back is the fact that I'm I'm going to be working. I don't know if I can be able to take work off.
0: Charlie. Bye. When did when did Charlie a become a grown ass man and all of you a sudden don't responsibilities have a job, and come on? What the job? What the dude? You're Charlie uh... Davies. You tell you tell people when you're gonna be there. You know they don't yeah. tell you. What yeah, Charlie's gonna right now? Charlie's gonna move right the
2: whole Paramount Might Plus studio be. down to Cary, North Carolina <laughs> yeah. for <the>
0: month. What? <laughs> it's three three days, Chuck. You can't find three days hey, off. If,
3: if we, if, can we can we bring the pod down there too?
0: We should bring we the should, pod. We should. We should because that there's gonna. Well, listen, I already know that Nekox is bringing a team. I think that Charlotte FC is, is uh, committing a team, FC Cincinnati. Uh, we have hashtag United for everybody on the YouTube front. Spencer Owen, my friend, is bringing over his team that's competing now at a high level. I hearing there's other big, big clubs and names that want to get in and involved. I think uh, having a, having Clint a team Dempsey well. has a team. Heather O'Reilly yeah. has a team. Okay. And so, yeah, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of people there that – We should get on the pod and have live shows. We're just throwing that out there to put pressure on uh, the higher-ups that we want to be there. I'll be there anyway with Bees. We should get Bees on here to talk about it a little bit more, too, obviously. yeah. You got any sponsors locked in? They're working on that. They're working on that. Yeah.
2: No, I mean for your team, Jimmy. Come on.
0: Oh, I'm working on that as well. I'm working on that as well. Yeah, we we got some irons in the fire, as we like to say. But that was it. I just wanted to get your thoughts. And if anybody listening or watching has any ideas of players we should sign, let us know because uh, we're getting some people coming out of the woodwork that used to play that think I got a couple months to get fit like Charlie and I think it can contribute and I think we're going to put together a good squad but we're trying to find that mix for the people that might be the the delicate playmakers that can't run so much anymore we need to get a hard working person can
3: you give me a give me a little hint of who who you're thinking as far as on this team I I can't I can't
0: what if somebody else goes and try to steal that player uh, that's true I gave I gave you Wando I gave you Wando okay Wando. So so we, we, we're we trying to reach out to Wando to see if he's I interested. I would bring out
2: the whole Bash Brothers for that game, for the, like just three guys Ooh, crashing get in Stephen
0: Lenhart and Alan Gordon. That's not yeah. a bad shout.
2: Yeah, just three guys you know in the box all the time. Just I have to get Mike, the McGee,
0: Mike McGee, Johnny Bornstein is a shout. That is a goddamn shout. <laughs> shout out to Heather Tercios for the Johnny Bornstein. Way to go, <laughs> Johnny boy. Not funny, Heather. <laughs> Not not funny, not funny at all. All right, everybody, that is it for In Soccer We Trust for this episode. A big shout-out to Christian Roldan once again for coming on the show. Good luck to him and the Seattle Sounders this weekend. That game is Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. That'll be on FS2 or Fox Support Days. I highly encourage you to watch it. This is a pretty historic moment for an MLS Cup to be in this competition. And on behalf of Producer Dez, Producer Alex, Charlie, and Heath, and me, Jimmy Conrad, we appreciate you listening and supporting your favorite podcast. And we look forward to giving you two more shows next week with, I think if Charlie's special guest comes through, will be a pretty awesome, awesome show and another great week of games. So that's it. That's all we got. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you soon. Have a good weekend. Later.
3: This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.